we're sitting with Ellie Nash, the host of In Search of More podcast. And we're going to be integrating an experience. What experience? I don't know. From where? I don't know. But again, pointing back and saying, go with the first thing that comes up. What comes up for you? You're a seasoned kind of vet in the psychedelic space as it relates to the therapeutic use of psychedelics. So what's coming up for you? What is it? Right. I guess the first thought that's, um, I guess, un unprocessed, maybe unresolved from the journey is more as it relates to my relationship. So my relationship with my wife specifically. And I guess everything else that I'm dealing with, I find ways to process during or after the experience. And within the relationship, there's this voice in my head that says that, oh, this needs to be processed within conversation with her and a third person a therapist or someone like that. And um, I guess that's what feels the most unresolved right now from the, uh, from the experiences. Because recently I've had several um, psychedelic journeys where my wife was alongside me, not figuratively, li literally mm -hmm. in that journey. So seeing how the experiences there can be brought into the real life with her in relationship, like that's been a challenge, I would say. You two are physically present together, working with medicine, but you're in a larger group. Yeah, sometimes it was a larger group, and sometimes it was just one other person there, both. So there's who I am under the medicine, right, in a psychedelic space. And then there's who I am in real life. Yeah. Okay, and then part of the integration work, as I understand, is for that to become kind of more seamless. Yeah. And I see that clearly, and I see how I can work through that clearly like I don't struggle with that it's like okay who I am there and who I am here like starts to become closer and closer to each other and I kind of see the path yeah. for it who my wife and I are in the psychedelic space and who we are in real life that divide I'm not quite clear how to bridge sure. I don't see that path and the path that I see often ends up kind of in ways like therapy or stuff like that, which seem so contradictory to the psychedelic space. Right. So two things, I guess, on that. One, you know, what are we? We, we these human vessels, we're containers for energy, right? So that's one energy is this energy, this thing, this guy, one me. Now I have my spouse. That's another energy, right? Contained within that vessel. That's two. So the third energy right? It doesn't necessarily have to be physical. It could be metaphysical. So that's one thing to keep in mind. You guys are in a group setting that's more than three. You're with another person. You said sometimes there was one other person. Okay. That's that third energy. At the same time, it doesn't have to be physical. Again, it could be metaphysical. So it could be you and your wife working just together with medicine. Right. You say potentially there's an opportunity for us to, to work with medicine with no one else present. That's correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that that may be a way to bridge it may be what you're saying i don't know i'm oh, just understood. saying that okay. maybe right like, so think about that typically i wouldn't work with a couple until each unit of the couple has taken a few steps along their journey towards self-awareness i won't go together because there's a lot of energy that kind of crosses over there's a lot of stuff happening and if i'm getting clear i'm learning how to be open the other person if they're not at the same stage that i am 
they're still releasing. So you're releasing at that moment, I'm clear and open, I'm absorbing at that moment. And so what happens, there's a lot of cross-contamination. You want to isolate the individual pieces of the unit so that way they can go on their individual approach towards self-awareness. As that individual gets further down and the other individual gets further down the path, they're clean and clear enough to now come together working with medicine and in that way, we can have perhaps a truer conversation without all of the trappings of ego and past and future and all of the stuff that we're dealing with here on the physical plane. Because what happens, and I was talking about this in a previous podcast about my process as it relates to my wife. And that I started first and she kind of came online later and it was disjointed in the beginning because of that. And so when we get married, when we got married, we got married as two different people because we understand that we're going through a metamorphosis individually. Everyone that's stepping into this kind of plant medicine space is going through a metamorphosis one way or another. We're fostering change, whereas change is the natural order. Well, you got married before that. Before We got married before. Before both right. of you. I don't love these labels, but let's say we got married when we were both fast asleep. And so we married the outer expression of the energy, so to speak, based on what that package entailed. From my standpoint, you know, I was a career oriented person. I like to have fun. I like to, you know, party. I liked to do all the things that were part and parcel to my persona as it was. And my wife had her persona as it was at that time. And that was a great fit. But now all of a sudden I shed that role. And so as I shed that persona, I'm basically taking on a new role. I'm putting on a new persona. And this is foreign to my wife because my wife didn't marry that persona. She married the other guy. She wasn't even sure who I was becoming. I wasn't sure. I was just shedding a role. I don't know what that means. I don't know which role I'm going to pick up next. But she stood by my side. Thankfully, she was strong enough to say, you know what? I'm not sure what's happening right now. I'm not sure if I'm going to like this new guy, in fact. And in the beginning, she definitely didn't, I could assure you of that. But she stuck through it and she's like, maybe there's something more to the story. So let me stick around and find out where we're going before I make any hard and fast decisions. And then at the same time, I'm going through this metamorphosis where I married her while I was playing that old role. And now I look at her through a new perspective saying, wait a minute, I married you, but now I have a different awareness and maybe I don't see you in the same light. And maybe it's not appropriate for me. But you know what? I'm not sure where this is going, so let me stick around. So I took that same kind of approach. Was there a distinct date that that happens in much the same way you have a, a first date and a wedding date and this new you and your wife's new her? Was there also like dates on the calendar or was that more... It's fluid. It's, it's very fluid. It's hard to bookend it, but we're still in our courting phase. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't made the decision to get married again. And I'm being serious about that. So she also embarks on her journey for whatever reason, right? And starts to go through her own self-awareness process, which means she begins to naturally allow that old role to be shed. And now it is more, let's say, more compelling still for me to stick around saying, wow, if this is what's happening, because I've gotten to a point in my life where I trust this process and I trust the kind of divine, lawful, let's say, uh, hand behind it all. And I'm like, well, there's nothing for me to doubt. I just have to allow this process to unfold because I know I'm in the right place at the right time. 
I'm not in any position to evaluate the story as it's unfolding. Let's wait until it concludes and then we'll reflect on it once we have context. So I'm sticking around and I'm watching her go through her thing. And as that's happening, I noticed that we're kind of getting closer together on, let's say, a spiritual level, whereas previously the spiritual level was completely neglected because we didn't understand it. We didn't know that. We didn't come from that. We were very materialistic people, not in the sense of, you know, fancy things, in the sense of we only believed in what our senses could validate. Right. Sense perception was the exclusive reality we dwelt in. So now when we shed our roles completely, we meet on that spiritual plane and we get the opportunity to make a decision again. When we get to that point, I know, based on experience with myself and others, that the way to marry one another again in holy matrimony, true holy matrimony is on that spiritual side. So we take medicine together. Has that happened or is that something that... That's something in the future. Because like I said, we're in our courting phase. Right? Right. We haven't gotten married yet. We're, we're still in our process getting to know one another on a spiritual level. So perhaps this could be a reflection in terms of you know your experiences to date. Because again, you guys got married before medicine, before really identifying with your, let's say, correct spiritual soul. And if it's appropriate for my partner, I don't tell them. I don't say, hey, the only way I'm going to be with you moving forward is if you do medicine, you have to do it by this date. And you have to, right. that's absurd, right? Now I'm, I'm committing you, let's say, to a situation that might be very uncomfortable for you that you haven't elected to embark on yourself. So I'm just doing my journey. I disconnect the outside world. I'm doing my journey and that's it. And I know if it's appropriate, as it's appropriate, the external manifestation of things will either align with where I'm at or will show me what's more appropriate, which way to go. It'll direct me as it always has. And so in this way, we allow our spouse the freedom and space to do their thing, whatever their thing is. But every day we should basically have the opportunity to say, I do all over again, because otherwise, what are we doing? Otherwise, we're kind of incarcerated. Otherwise, we're Correct. stuck. We're forced into a situation that perhaps has changed from where it was yesterday. So we give our spouse space. And as our spouse is doing their thing and I'm doing my thing, there might be a point in time when we look into each other's eyes all over again and say, hey, will you marry me? You know, do you want to do this again with this new version of me? Because I see the new version of you revealed and it's like, wow, I love you. Like, I, I, I want to do this forever. It's like, if you want to know if something's right for you, let it go. Let it go. Because that's unconditional love. Unconditional love means, man, if you're going to be happy being with me, be with me. If you're going to be happy going out there, being with someone else, do that. But if you come back to me, then I know it's real. We'll have the opportunity to come back together in union from a much more special place, from a much more spiritual place, a place that wants nothing in return, a place that is driven by unconditional love and a place that transcends the physical side of things, which we know, you and I know, is one slice of the greater reality, not the whole thing, because we've already experienced playing with the finer energies, spiritual matters that transcend the physical plane. Right. And so if that's the case, we're playing on both levels at the same time. So here you and I are in the physical form, sitting across from one another, having this conversation. But we know if we both drank a cup of ayahuasca right now, we'd be experiencing more than just this physical domain. We'd be experiencing the spiritual domain. 
So we know we can play on both levels at the same time. So doesn't that apply always? It doesn't necessarily have to be with ayahuasca because ayahuasca or the mushroom reminds us that there's more to the story than just the physical. Correct. So here you and I know we don't necessarily need medicine to respect that plane of existence, that plane of reality, which is quite powerful. And real. Right? Yeah. And real and highly programmed, highly intelligent, more so than even this plane sometimes. So if we recognize we're playing on both planes, shouldn't we get married on both planes? So I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying that this idea that I have, that there's a third party present kind of reconciling um, some differences, that can be on a spiritual plane understood in a different way as perhaps, yes, there is a third energy, um, maybe some medicine in the room, not necessarily a person. That's what you're... Meaning it's not, it's not I don't like to go here, but I'll go here with you because I'm so comfortable with you. The third party is God. Let's be very clear. Now, how do we bring him into the room, so to speak, right? Well, he's always here, but I'm not feeling it. Why am I not feeling it? Why am I not hearing it, seeing it, smelling it, et cetera? Because I'm only relying on those senses to tell me whether he's here or not. But you and I both know that he's omnipresent. He's all things. And in fact, maybe there's not a Dan and Ellie in the room at all. So if I recognize it on that level, it's like, how do I feel it in the moment when I'm so caught up in my gross senses? Well, I need something to knock me out of my gross sense perception. And we have medicine for that. Take us out of our mind. Yes. So now you get to experience one another on that soul plane with the only thing that's ever really present, which is God. Yeah, the irony of some of what you're saying is when I first started doing medicine, so I started the path like you did before my wife. And each time I was saying, you know, I'm going, I'm going to experience, I'm going away for the weekend, whatever it was, she would, she would always be nervous. And I was like, what are you worried about? It's like, well, I'm, I'm worried you're going to come back and say you want to leave me. And it sounded ridiculous at first, but in fact, it's what I did, not in the sense that I physically left, but in the sense that I wasn't the same person. Like that person left. And eventually, not at first, at first it was much more understanding and much more connection, but eventually that divide kind of grew larger and larger as I guess the medicine path took root within me more and more. And then she's like, okay, who is this guy? It's not the guy I married. I'm like, who is she? I don't know who married her. Mm -hmm. So that divide was definitely, definitely felt. It took a couple of years, but in hindsight, her fear was articulated perfectly appropriately. Uh, since then, she's embarked on the path. And I think, I don't want to speak for her, although she's told me that she's had a similar experience, but I had experienced more than once on, on medicine. One very strongly where it was like, do you want to choose to marry her again? Mm -hmm. Like that, that experience. And for a second, right, suspending myself in that space where there was a 100% choice. And then from there saying, okay, I choose to marry her. I went into a space similar to what you're describing here, which I haven't allowed myself to go to in this dimension, but in the medicine space I did, which was a complete choice over that reality, which I think is what the other person would want. It's certainly what I would want. And certainly what I would think any person who's healthy is to be chosen fully daily. Like yes. Not Oh, you're, you're here because you made some previous right. commitment and there was a... Right, that's not the real deal. That's not what I want. No, certainly not. Right. It's not even daily. It's like in the moment. It's happening. It's all playing out in real time. Like right here, right now, we get the decision. And so that way I'm not holding anything from yesterday or the day before. For good or bad. For good or bad, right? Because I want to see you in new light. 
right? But it's hard for us to do that sometimes. And I talked about this in the Best Man Speech podcast that was mm -hmm. previously published. It's very, very important that we allow our partner to be brand new so we have the opportunity to make that decision. And if I don't believe I can be brand new in the moment, then you sure as hell can't be brand right. new. If I can't do it, you can't do it, you know, because I'm the center of my universe, right? And if I can do that in here, now I can give it to you. Now I can potentially see you brand new and not hold the historic record of who you were, because why shouldn't you be able to be brand new? But to achieve that, I have to have it for myself first. And I'm so busy holding myself, my persona, my personal narrative, what happened to me yesterday, what I want the future to look like, my traumas from the past. I'm so busy holding that bag of shit, pardon my language, right? That a lot of them could be good stuff too. Let, it go, let, let that go too, right? Because now if you have a benchmark, a model of how it should be for you to feel great, right? Or the best restaurant you ever went to or the best experience you ever had together. If that's your benchmark, everything that doesn't meet that model of expectation now leaves me disappointed. Right. We know that every moment is a new moment where we can make a decision. I can make a decision to jump on a plane and go anywhere I want right sure. now. You can't stop me, right? So in that same way, you know, both on a physical plane and on a metaphysical plane, we have to believe in our own redemption. And we have to foster that belief until it becomes more than just belief, until it becomes my reality. Through this process, we become brand new. That's why we feel so great after ceremony. It's like all the purging, all the <laughs> stuff. And it's like, oh, I feel amazing. I feel brand new. It's like, of course you do. Who told you to hold on to the stuff in the first place. You need medicine to, you know, kick in the butt to kick it out of you. That's great. But ultimately, as you discussed, as you start merging those two planes of awareness, those two planes of existence, then you identify as that newness every moment. So how do you juxtapose that with uh, making a commitment to someone, any form of commitment? So yes. we, we can make a commitment to someone. I'm going to... I don't know, I sign a contract. You're going to mow my lawn every single week for a hundred dollars, right? That's mm -hmm. my commitment to you. You get to what? So Okay. Change your mind, then what? Okay. So long as the contract doesn't have a time frame in it which I am uncomfortable with, I have the opportunity to change my mind. And I don't like signing long term contracts for that reason. Fine. So let's, so let's bring that to um the conversation of marriage, matrimony where there is a commitment, right, for, you know, depending on someone's religious beliefs, but for good or for bad or, you know, however it mm -hmm. is, said that there's a commitment to someone forever. Forever. Who's defining forever? Because the way I understand certain scripture is that there is no time and space in scripture. The time, let's say, is a uh, social construct more than it is a representation of the greater reality. What is forever? Who is forever? This body's not forever. So when I make a deal, how can I go into a contract when the contract is built around assumption that is invalid? What happens to the contract? Doesn't it invalidate the contract? In some way, yeah. So what's forever? Because oh, I know the body's going to fade. Is it fair that I die before my wife then? What happens? Or, or in some languages, they'll say, till death do us part. Right. But okay, so the concept of death. So the way I recognize death is not necessarily the way we see it in a social capacity where it is the passing of the physical body. 
So I recognized that when I had my first breakthrough psychedelic session, I recognized that I died. No, oh, I say I died. So till death do us part. So psychedelics is an okay reason. I mean, it's a reminder that I'm not tethered to the body-mind complex any more than I choose to be. And it's only one plane of reality because the guy that went into that experience was not the guy that came out. In fact, I was such a polar opposite of that guy. That the only way I could recognize it and reconcile it in my mind was that, wow, I actually died on that day, but I had to have a little context. You know, I had a little, little time, let's say, to reflect on it. And so, and that's taking us back to the early part of the conversation where I have to give my wife the opportunity and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm you know, going through this metamorphosis and that guy died. He's no longer here, you know, do you want to do this all over again? Will you marry me? And she's like, I'm not sure. I don't know who this new person is. Why don't we date for a little while? And so to take it back to your point, you know, when you make a commitment that says till death do us part, and this is forever, I'm not sure that those terms in the contract have been well-defined enough to hold that contract to any factual, let's say, basis. I'm saying that there are assumptions in that contract that are so weakly defined that you can't defend this thing on a higher plane. You could only try to defend it here. But you and I both know that. But maybe the person just wants to stay married on this plane. Well, well, that's fine. What if I don't? And so we're always making decisions based on real-time data in the here and now. And that's always how it's going to be. Right. I guess this is not exclusive to, um, when you talk about marriage, it's not exclusive to psychedelics, right? It's who someone is going to marry, right? let's say in their 20s, is not who they're going to be in their 50s and their Absolutely. 60s and 70s. Because we honor the fact that everything is changing constantly. Just like at a point in time, you know, as, as young boys, we're playing with cars, and then we put the cars down in favor of books, and then the books down in favor of girls. There's no definitive line in the sand that says you must only play with cars until this age, and you must play with you know books at this age. It's just happening naturally. We're shedding a role in favor of another role, and that doesn't stop. Just because we get limited as, quote unquote, adults, I'm an adult now and I made these commitments. It's like, are you sure? You know, are you really sure about this? Because you were playing the game very fluidly before. And now you're taking a very rigid approach to it as a result of your mental constructs, your version of who you think you are. You're saying as kids, we play that game flu fluidly as, as adults, we... We get boxed in into a very rigid pattern of thinking. We all get stuck. People call me all the time and say, I'm feeling stuck. I'm like, where are you stuck? Everything has changed. You shed 10,000 skin cells when you woke up this morning. You didn't do anything about it. You know, weather's completely different. The cosmos is aligned differently. Change is happening. Change is the natural order of things. We only get stuck because we get stuck in our mind thinking. We're living in a dynamic universe. Everything is in flux. Nothing is the same. Like nothing is the same except for the stuff in our mind that we're refusing to let go of. And as a result of me refusing to let go of who I was yesterday, I can't be reborn today. So do you think someone listening to us talk about this who's, um, let's say a couple's listening to this, and one of them is interested in exploring the you know psychedelics and the healing and growth it can bring, you think that their spouse would hear us and be very concerned, like be even more fearful of that path? Yes, and if you're fearful of that, then perhaps you didn't get married for the right reasons, and you're scared your spouse is going to figure it out. And so in this way, I've had this question asked to me a number of times, and someone would say to me, well, I know someone who drank medicine and came back and left his wife and kids. 
And I'm not here to say that's bad or good. I'm here to say that if you got married for all the wrong reasons and all of a sudden your partner or you have an epiphany saying, oh my gosh, I've been, you know, kind of stuck in this situation for all the wrong reasons and I'm not doing anyone any favors and I'm causing more damage to my kids and my spouse by even being around because I haven't worked my stuff out and I have so much anger and resentment and trauma in me that I've never expressed and I'm splashing it all around the house. The first thing I want to do is to save them, is to protect them, is to step out of that environment. And so I step out of that environment and I say, guys, you know, I love you, but I need some space because I realize how much stuff is in me that, let's say, is inappropriate that I'm passing down to you. And I need to get into a sterile environment where I could let all this stuff go, go through my metamorphosis and come back without all that baggage. And maybe that's highly appropriate. But if you're so worried that that is going to happen, then I say you have to take an introspective look inside. And maybe you're already starting to question whether you made the right decision or for the right reasons. Me and you could only talk about me and you here because that's the reality yeah. of it. I appreciate going off into the imagination, dealing with hypotheticals for a limited period of time, so long as we could use it as a right kind of example or a data point to share within this conversation. But there, these situations are so nuanced. Everyone's different. Everyone's got a different story, a different journey, a different path, a different soul's purpose. Everything is so nuanced. So we could handle it in real time. We could have these conversations based on specific data that's available to us in the moment that reflects the reality of the situation. But between you and I speaking hypothetically, you know, we have to trust, again, that divine hand behind the scenes if we believe in that, if we've experienced it, if it's touched us, and know that there are no mistakes in the universe. I wonder if there's a time that it merges, so to speak, right? So you were saying that you started your journey mm -hmm. somewhat earlier. And same in my case, right? So I found that the quality of the first phase felt very much like I was dealing with the stuff in my life, the yes. traumas, the relationships, the hurt, the business decisions, the you know non-business decisions, like all of those Things like those were my experiences. Those were the primary, that was the quality of the journeys. I would come back with clarity on real world decisions that I needed to make. And at some point in time, and again, these aren't linear, right? They're more fluid and there's some and some in each journey. But the quality now seems to be of a much more spiritual transcendent nature. Sure. Where it's, I don't know, exploring things like an inner world or touching things like they're so hard to give words to, but this feeling like everything disappeared and becoming a breath. I used to feel like I had words after journeys, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I got a lot of clarity on how to handle this situation. Yes. And today I just feel like... Right. You see the words are uh, limited. This, right. There was just this experience that was transcendent, spiritual in nature. Yes. And I've been offended after my last experience. I've been offended at anyone who even talks to me suggesting they know who I am. Mm -hmm. Because of something previous, I said. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, this you said, I said. <laughs> this other guy who looked like me, who had the same name, said something. Right, you exactly. and I have never spoken before. Like that, like those kind of the qualities. But bring it back to, to this. What I'm saying here is that there still feels like that divide. And yes. it's maybe even larger than before, even though yes. she started on the path as well. Yeah. Where she is now, yes, I've seen that before. Like my, my wife now is having experiences that are very much like this thing in the real world that's bothering me. I was able to release a little bit of that. And like my whole journey was about that. Mm -hmm. But that divide now feels even larger than 
when I was dealing with that and she wasn't on the medicine. And yes. I'm wondering if at some point that seems to... Yes, it changes for sure. So it's not like... only for her, like when she's eventually having these experiences, is there a different quality? Like, will it, will it always feel like that divide? Do you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. It will not. And it's a, it's a stage in the process. And so initially we have all of our stuff and we identify as you know, this body mind and my backstory, and that's who I am. And you, you, you go for self awareness, you say to yourself, well, uh, there's more to the story than my backstory, I want to explore that. And I want to learn, you know, what's up. Once you get into that space, you start shedding the backstory. And as you're shedding the backstory, and as you're emptying the bag, so to speak, you start to empty out, empty out, empty out until you realize, wow, I am brand new, just like you said, we give mm -hmm. ourselves the space to be rebirth, reborn, we grant our self-redemption and so now i go start discovering who i am on a spiritual plane right and i start going through that process and there's more still and there are more stages along that journey and there's more behind that but ultimately to answer your question i think neatly would be kind of to uh point at our dna structure the uh double helix the infinity mm -hmm. symbol and so if you notice at a point if we look at it as you know from a dualist standpoint in the you and I. So you and I, let's say, came together here at the bottom point of the double helix where it's merged. It's one thing happening, right? And now we start on our own individual journey and I'll climb the right side, you climb the left side. So as we start going up towards that next point where it reconnects, reconvenes, what's happening? There's more distance, right? There's more distance. If you could imagine what the figure eight looks like standing mm -hmm. you know, vertically at the bottom of the eight, we are one, we're together. We just got married as an example. And now I'm climbing the right side of the figure eight. You're climbing the left side of the figure eight. We're going on our individual journey, but look what's happening. We're getting further apart. We're getting further apart until we hit the apex of that lower half of the figure eight. And now we're as far apart as we've ever been, right? But I just stick to my process. I just trust my process and I'm going straight because when I'm on that right side of the figure eight, I'm just on one straight line. I don't see what's happening out there because we're not merged. So I can't see where you are on your figure eight. I'm just on my path. And I know that, hey, if I just follow this path of self-discovery and self-awareness, it's going to bring me right where I need to be. Now, if my partner is doing that too, what's happening? We're both climbing. We're going through that apex now, and we're starting to get closer on our individual path until we, we meet, meet again. again. But guess what happens after that? We do it again. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. So it's all codified in nature. Uh, all the answers are here. We just don't know how to read things. And that's why this infinity symbol is so profound and so, you know, time tested. And that's why the double helix of the DNA is a core composition of our physical presence and who we are and how it carries all of the information, let's say, from previous generations and informs perhaps, let's say, future decisions. But ultimately, we have a sort of roadmap on how this process works if we just allow ourselves to be informed by nature and the source of its creation. Right. That actually just settled it. And possibly those listening can hear it in my voice is that the sense that that's kind of a never ending part of the process, the two which become one, the two which become yes. one. Yes. And that's how we should. Over and over. Right. And that's how we should get married. So me, right. I mean, there isn't a destination to get to. It's not like we started together. There's a sense of drifting apart and then we're going to make it back together and, and happily ever after. No, that dance is... It's, it's at play. It's at play constantly. Right. It's how to the do game works. do that with another human being over and over and over and over so again. So before you have to do with another human being, you have to do with this human being, right? The true 
union is self and God. When I shed who I think I am, I can step into, let's say, my awareness as a soul. And then on that plane, I accept God and I merge with God. That's the two becoming one. That's the dualism being shed in favor of the oneness of it all. And that's the individual marriage. That's the individual journey. It's letting go of all the concepts of self and other and space and time. And it's giving up the whole game, knowing that that's only one level of reality. As I merge into oneness here with this one through my own process, I am merging from two to one, meaning I'm going from dualism. And now I represent oneness. And if my spouse, as an example, can shed the dualism in favor of the oneness, and they go through their spiritual process, and they go through their unification, their union, their yoga with God. Now they are one, and now together we are one. Each of us is one, and now we merge again to become one. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's so hard for me to express this. So, but that's the only way we can really truly do this thing is getting married, right? Holy matrimony on a spiritual plane of the finer energies, soul to soul. I have to go through my process of shedding this limitation. I have to go through my process of shedding the dualism, basically. And if I can do that and you could do that, now we could meet on a soul level and now we can get married under God, as God. That's what we're aiming at. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, in the past, you've shared things with me that at first, um, I mean, this, like, we've been having these types of conversations probably for two plus years now, I would say. Okay. Fair. And uh, you've shared something which didn't quite make sense. And then later on, I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. And, and that's probably happened 15, 20 times at this point. <laughs> that's something you've shared. It's like, okay, that's what you're talking about at some point. So I'll, I'll leave that as like, okay, something. I hear it. I hear the words. It hasn't completely landed, but I trust the, uh, it's a seed mm. that was planted. And one day I'll understand what that, uh, when to understand. All right. I mean, the only way to really understand it is to do it, right? To go through my process and go through this self-discovery phase for myself. I can't even think about another person. I can't relate to another person because I don't understand another person fully. Why? How can I understand another person fully if I can't understand myself fully? So I'm just seeing the world through my frame of reference, which is in my mind. But if I'm going through a process recognizing that, man, I don't see the whole thing and I don't know the whole thing, and it perhaps never will, most likely, then it's very hard again, to grant someone what I don't have. It's like a reductionist process. It's like a sculptor going at a piece of marble, right? He sees an image in that marble. He wants to reveal it. How does he reveal it? He starts to shave away all the pieces of marble that block that inner revelation. So he's carving things off of the big stone. He's carving it and carving it and carving it, and he's revealing something inside, right? He's reducing it down to its essence, which is a vision that he holds. And so he's going at this piece of marble and he keeps carving away what's inappropriate to reveal his David, 
his version of David. And everyone's looking at it, wow, that's beautiful. So it was revealed by letting all of the inappropriate pieces fall off through his efforts. And so if I can do that process just with myself, I reveal my true essence, this thing that's inside of me that's dying to be reborn, but it can't be reborn until all those parts that are dead get sculpted off. I don't necessarily think or worry about how it's going to be received or anybody else or anyone else's process. I just go at it with all of my body, mind, and soul. I put myself into that process and I just do that work. I still honor my responsibilities and I do what I need to do, but in my free time, I'm an artist because I take care of my responsibilities. But in my free time, I go back to my workshop and I work on this thing like an artist would because I'm passionate about it. And so I'm so passionate about it that I go all in and I'm all in body, mind, soul. I'm not thinking, I'm not the doer of things. I'm not the product. I'm not getting caught up in analyzing it. I'm just letting the art flow. That's how beautiful art comes to bear. And I'm sculpting this big hunk of unrefined marble that I am. And I'm just revealing the inner beauty because that's what's compelling me at the moment. Might not be tomorrow, but right now, that's where I'm at. And so I do it fully. So I say, before you pick up an external medium, why don't you work on the medium that you've been given already? There's a reason why. And so we start to work on ourselves. So we get inspired by someone doing this as a spouse. And we say, wow, I, you know, I feel I have some of that. I want to do that. He looks so like smooth as he's doing. <laughs> he looks so relieved. He's not worried about all the stresses and everything. He let it all go just to be in his craft. And so I'm like, I could do that. So now I start working on myself. Now, I didn't do my process because I wanted my spouse to do anything. Right, sure. Just do your thing. Like, just go through your process. Disconnect the rest. I'm not saying leave or run away. I'm saying you're going to honor it no matter what. But in your free time, why don't you, you know, commit to your craft, go all in. And I know you are, and I know you have, and I know you continue to do this work. I'm just saying immerse yourself even further. We don't see these grand cycles playing out, but I do see this one that I have, and I'm working with this one, this me, I'm pointing at my chest right now. And everything else will align as it should. That's it. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing.